Star Wars 7 by 7 episode 2670. Today, it's Fet Day. <laughs> Monday is Fet Day here at Star Wars 7 by 7 as we continue the run-up to the book of Boba Fett. And today, we're looking at the next set of stories in his current canon timeline. These are episodes from Season 2 of The Clone Wars, and this episode is brought to you today by the fine folks at CuffLinks.com. Punch it! <laughs> Hey Rebel Rouser, I'm Alan Voivod and this is Star Wars 7x7, your daily dose of Star Wars joy and thank you so much for joining me for it. So in our first Fet Day episode, which was one week ago today, we talked about his first two appearances in the current canon timeline, which were the Age of Republic comic, uh, it's a one-shot featuring Jango Fett, and also his appearance in Attack of the Clones. Now we move on to a three-episode story arc that ended Season 2 of The Clone Wars. The episodes are Death Trap, R2 Come Home, and Lethal Trackdown. They are episodes 20, 21, and 22 of The Clone Wars. They're the final episodes of that season. And here's what we're going to do. We're going to do one of our top takeaway episodes here and focus on five from this particular story arc. So let's start with the first takeaway of just what the heck Boba Fett is currently up to and how he got there. And we don't actually... <laughs> know a lot of the intervening details, but this is what we do know. A year after the events of Attack of the Clones, give or take, he is part of Aura Singh's bounty hunting crew. Aura Singh is the person we saw in a one-shot cameo overlooking the pod racing events of the Phantom Menace, right? And she gets a name check in that Age of Republic Jango Fett comic book where he talks about how at least Aura Singh is known to Boba Fett, so you know he's aware of her at some level. And he appears to have contacted her at some point after the events of Attack of the Clones because now he is part of her crew, or at least a crew for a particular job, along with Bosk, yes, the famous Bosk, and another bounty hunter named Castus, who, you know, the less said about the better, and <laughs> we'll explain why in a few minutes. Now, it does seem like, in particular, Boba is part of Aura's crew just in general, but not necessarily Bosk, not necessarily Castus. It may be that they are only a part of Aura's crew for one particular job, which is what the events of this final arc of Season 2 of the Clone Wars center around. So the second takeaway from this storyline has to do with where Boba's mindset is as relates to Mace Windu, and it's bad. <laughs> It's bad, of course, as you would expect, right? He wants to kill Mace Windu, and so this whole situation is in order to get Boba to kill Mace Windu. And so he gets onto a Jedi cruiser by posing as part of a clone youth brigade, and funnily enough, his cadet ID is Cadet 327. Ah, that's good fun. And he tries to put a bomb in Mace Windu's quarters, but by a lucky coincidence, Mace is able to avoid being killed by it, but it certainly alerts everyone on the ship that something bad is afoot. And so Aura, although we don't know it's Aura Singh at the time, uh, recommends that Boba blow the reactor core of the ship. And Boba doesn't want to do that because there are all sorts of other innocent people who weren't responsible for the death of his father on board, but this voice says, just do what I say. And so he goes ahead and does it. And by the way, we are in full spoiler territory for this story arc, which, you know, these episodes aired a long time ago, so I think we're pretty cool about that, right? So, uh, they blow the ship, 
still doesn't kill Mace Windu. And so they set a trap on the downed ship on Vancor, which is the planet where the Jedi cruiser ended up crash landing. And the trap is actually Jango Fett's helmet with a bomb inside it. And it doesn't quite kill Mace Windu either, but it gets him and Anakin trapped in some wreckage. Boba and Aura and Bosk and Castus are watching from afar and they see the explosion and everybody's like, great, but Mace Windu isn't dead as far as they know. They just think he is, or at least some of the people think he is. And Boba's like, no, we have to see the body. And so Boba and Aura manage to convince Bosk and Castus that they need to go investigate and get proof so that way they can get paid by the Separatists for killing not just Mace Windu, but also Anakin Skywalker in the bargain. Well, so it turns out that that doesn't work out because R2-D2 manages to save the day and convinces the bounty hunters, so, you know, not necessarily directly, but just kind of makes them think accidentally that Mace Windu is actually able to get into a Jedi Starfighter and escape. And so they have to use hostages that they took to try to lure Mace Windu into coming to meet them so that Boba can kill Mace Windu at that point. Well, <laughs> doesn't work out that way. Instead, it's Plo Koon and Ahsoka who go into the meet and ultimately they're able to get the drop on Boba and Ahsoka. Ahsoka escape. I mean, I drop on Ahsoka. <laughs> wow, listen to me. They get the drop on Boba and Aura. Aura escapes. Boba is shocked by this and Aura ultimately gets away, sort of, or at least they think she does, but it looks like the ship Slave 1 ends up crashing and burning after Ahsoka sabotages it during a chase. And we don't know what Aura's final fate is in this episode. And, you know, we assume that she's alive because later on, of course, in Solo, a Star Wars story, Lando and Tobias Beckett have that conversation about Aura Singh dying. So, yeah, presumably she survives this. And I'm blowing through that stuff because we're really here to talk about Boba Fett and what we learn about Boba Fett as a result. So just know that for you know this takeaway's purposes, this becomes a quite convoluted plan where they keep getting close to killing Mace Windu and not quite killing him and having to continue to take steps to try to finally get a hold of him and it just doesn't work. So the third top takeaway from the story arc is what we learn about Boba and who he is a year after the events of Attack of the Clones. He still has a certain mentality about him that's very honorable in a sense. I mean, he objects to the idea of killing all the other clones just to get to Mace Windu, even though he says, you know, I'm not your brother when people are talking to him about, like, you're my brother. <laughs> You know, there's that kind of fight with him going on, within him going on. Or as Singh wants the clone cadets that he escapes from the downed cruiser with to die, and Boba doesn't want to do it, but ultimately does because he really is under Aura Singh's sway. I mean, she did take him in to her crew and is taking care of him. It's, you know, a question of whether he would be able to take care of himself in the actual galaxy on his own. But, I mean, of all they of all kids <laughs> i think he would probably have better odds than anyone else and yet and yet he's still a kid he's lost his dad he's clearly latched on to Singh as a mother figure 
but he does have a firmly established line that he doesn't want to cross. Like there's a, a part where they reach out and send a message to Mace Windu and say, we're going to kill these hostages if you don't turn yourself in. And Ara Singh wants Boba to kill one of the hostages on a hologram and he just won't do it. So she ends up doing it instead and then gives him a bunch of grief and smacks him around and says, next time I tell you to pull the trigger, do it. And there's a moment late in the story arc in the final episode, Lethal Takedown, where Boba has the choice to reveal to the Jedi where the hostages are being held. And Hondo Onaka, who <laughs> ends up being part of this because apparently he and Aura Singh had a thing in the past before, uh, tells Boba, go ahead, tell the Jedi where the hostages are because it's the honorable thing to do and it's what your father would have done. And clearly this matters a lot. I mean, earlier in the episode, Hondo says, oh, yes, you know, like, um, father was a friend and he was an honorable man and, and is very kind to Boba, actually. Although, <laughs> when he first meets Boba, he looks at Aura Singh and he says, he's not mine, is he? <laughs> Which is just completely inappropriate and exactly what Hondo Anaka would do in the situation. So that was a great little laugh moment in the midst of everything. For a fourth takeaway, we'll focus on Aura Singh, who clearly does not see the relationship the same way that Boba does. I mean, there's apparently something that, you know, she feels right about in terms of taking him in, that he will be useful in some fashion, I presume. But beyond that, you know, it's hard to say what her motivations are, but it seems like that may be it considering how the whole situation turns out. Because Boba only wants to check that Mace Windu's dead, for example, in that middle episode of the Arc R2 Come Home, because he wants to make sure Mace Windu's dead. Aura agrees, but only because they need proof of his death. They need to see the body. They need to bring back Mace's head to the Separatists, for example, in order to get paid. And hey, if Anakin's there and they can bring his head back too, then they'll pay double. Isn't that great? So Aura definitely motivated by money comparatively, where Boba is just motivated by his revenge situation. It just so happens that their interests align in this particular case. But Aura is much more bloodthirsty by comparison to where Boba's at. Aura is willing to kill anyone and everyone. And in fact, when the Jedi, when Mace Windu and Anakin Skywalker get onto the deck of the Endurance and they're investigating the wreckage, they find a bunch of clone troopers who have been executed. And I guarantee you that wasn't Boba who did that. That was Aura and probably Bosk and probably Castus too. And we see at different moments how appalled Boba is by this, but you know, he is stuck with her and really has no choice. And also in this particular mission, since it is all about Mace, he is kind of stuck with her in that sense too, that he has to be able to, you know, tolerate what she's doing and see it through, even though he is comparatively powerless in the situation. All he can do is, you know, argue and rationalize as best he can. It's not like he is a grown adult who can fight her and Bosk and Castus in this situation, but he continues to be shocked and appalled by her methods. Even, and I think this may have been the breaking point, is Castus decides that he just doesn't want any part of this anymore, but he makes an ill-fitted transmission off to somebody on Coruscant, and Aura Singh manages to overhear it and shoots him dead on Florham. Boba has no idea what's going on. He just knows that Aura and Hondo are talking, and then uh, Aura just turns around and says, hey, Castus, and Castus is like, what? And she goes, bang, and that's the end of him, and Boba gets no explanation for this whatsoever. 
But what really finally does the trick is Boba gets the drop on Plo Koon, and then Ahsoka sneaks up behind Aura Singh and puts her lightsaber to Aura's throat, and Aura says, yeah, don't worry about it, it's fine, and loads up, you know, some sort of, like, dart on her boot tip. Boba, you know, was like, I don't want you to die, I don't want you to, you know, I don't want to lose you, and Aura's like, don't worry, you won't, but... What ultimately happens is Boba shoots at Ahsoka to drive her away, and then a fracas ensues, and ultimately Boba gets captured by Plo Koon. Aura gets to run away, and he's like, wait, don't leave me, don't leave me! And Aura just kind of looks back and then takes off. And so he's just like, she left me, I can't believe she left me. So that, of course, becomes a very disillusioning moment for Boba, for someone who you know was acting as a bit of a mother figure and protector to him, just abandon him, and it's definitely in keeping with the behavior that we saw from her, that she isn't in this with an emotional investment. She's only in this for the money. And before we get to the fifth takeaway, which is a tough one, my goodness, I'm going to take a moment to talk about Cufflinks.com and thank them once again for sponsoring podcast episodes this month. So you've heard me talk about the accessory suite I'm building with the Mandalorian Mythosaur tie and the Grogu tie bar and the Boba Fett 3D Cufflink helmet and also the Houndstooth socks, right? So the fifth thing, the final thing I'm adding to this is the pocket square. I mean, this really <laughs> does go to show that they are a complete provider of accessories. It's not just Cufflinks. They are the officially licensed exclusive provider of Cufflinks for Star Wars, but they do so much more as well. And podcast listeners and viewers can get 15% off site-wide. It doesn't have to be Star Wars stuff. It can be anything at cufflinks.com. You just use the code SW7X715 when you're checking out. Again, use code SW7X715 to save 15% on your order at cufflinks.com. No minimum, no particular brand, whatever you want, go there and grab it and save. All right, so that fifth and final takeaway has to do with where we leave Boba at the end of the story arc. He has been captured by the Jedi and is brought back to Coruscant, where he gets face to face with Mace Windu and says, I know I've done a lot of terrible things, but you started it when you killed my father and I'm never gonna forgive you. And Mace Windu's only line to him is, well, you're gonna have to. Now, contextually, we know that Mace Windu had no interest in seeking revenge on Boba, but he was aware that Boba was Jango's son and that Boba watched him kill Jango. So where he got that information from, we don't necessarily know, but he's walking around with that knowledge. And yet the only thing he says to Boba is, well, you're gonna have to, which contextually makes sense for where Mace Windu's mind is in all this. And it's, you know, it makes sense with what we've seen in him already, but for him to just say that and nothing else to Boba and then say, take him away. I mean, my gosh, what must be going through Boba's mind as he's led away by clone troopers, presumably to go to prison <laughs> for all he knows. And the guy who killed his dad says, well, you're just gonna have to forgive me. I mean, oof, that's really tough. And I guess the question is, does Boba really have to forgive him? I mean, is that the right advice to give? And can he even hear it? I. I don't know, and maybe we'll find out with future stories that we talk about where we see what happens next with Boba Fett. But for now, that is going to do it for our look at the next events in Boba Fett's life as we continue our Monday Fett Day series, and that's gonna do it for this episode of the show. It just remains for me to say thank you so much for joining me for it as always, and may the force be with you wherever in the world you may be. 
7x7 is not endorsed or sponsored yet by Lucasfilm Limited, Disney, or 20th Century Fox and is intended for entertainment and information purposes only. Star Wars, the Star Wars logo, all names and pictures of Star Wars characters, vehicles, and any other Star Wars related items are registered trademarks and or copyrights of Lucasfilm Limited, other respective trademark and copyright holders may the force be with them. All original content is copyright 2021 by Star Wars 7x7. We hope you love it.